Welcome to another episode of Distry. Uh, my name is Kirk from Walrus Carp, and with me, as always, is Kate, the Disney Cicerone. Kate, how are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderful. I'm really looking forward to Christmas and all the things that are Christmassy, and just really excited to dive into this topic, which was my pick tonight. We're going to talk about um, Main Street vehicles. So something that I've wanted to study for a while. So yeah, I, I mean, I told you uh, offline, I was like, I am so stoked because I've always been curious about the car that Walt drives around on Main Street. And I, I always just called it like, why is he in a Mr. Toad's car? And how does he drive that thing? Because like, there's no wheel. There's no wheel. It's just a stick. And uh, it always it always really confused me. Uh, and then I finally got a chance to research it tonight. So I'm super stoked. And I and what you sent me earlier was unbelievable. Like this yeah. basically, like how to run every single vehicle, like from the actual Disney company from Disneyland. It was awesome. Yes, the cast member manual. So we'll definitely show you guys some of that tonight. Um, but I thought maybe we could just start. I was thinking we could move chronologically through them. Does that make sense to you? Or like, are you just really want to talk about Walt's car? Because we can no, do that no, first no, no. if you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, think, I think chronologically, I have that there were six different types of vehicles uh, that were used on Main Street. There might be seven if you include Walt's, but ones that guests could ride in. Well, uh, yeah, yes and no. There's a couple more, but there's there was four ones that were in opening day, and then there was a few that were added then after that. So okay. there's, there's probably like, I haven't counted them, eight, maybe nine if you include Waltz. So there's a few. But okay. um, we should start with opening day ones probably. But before we get to that, I feel like we should talk about what the Main Street vehicles were meant for, because they obviously can't carry like hardly any people, like very, very few people. <laughs> yeah, their, their capacity was this, zero people. And they still carry zero people. Like, I've actually been on them where it's only been me and another person, and that was yeah. it. And, like, and I still felt cramped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't really have a lot of capacity. The omnibus has a little bit more than others. But, um, so, but these were very important to Walt. Um, I love this quote from... Um, Michael Brogy, who was the son of Roger Brogy, who was Walt's very first Imagineer, um, and he helped, he was a machinist in um, for Imagineering. But this quote says, um, Walt remembered them from his childhood, all these vehicles. And he wanted them in Disneyland, but uh, there as, uh, wait, sorry. He wanted them in Disneyland, but there was no money in the budget. So he finally just wrote a check for them. And they're one of the few things in the park that have never been changed or replaced and are still original. So these were like Walt's, wanted them so much you he he paid for them himself and yet they're and they're still there so these are very very special to disney history to walt and they really provide so much atmosphere as you're going mm. into the park it's all really for show more than the ride itself although i would recommend going on the ride itself because <laughs> they are special yeah yeah i mean they're they're gorgeous set pieces and historically moving artifacts, which I like, how often do you get to sit on something that was original? Do you know what I mean? Like there's drove like (laughs) seriously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Make make sure it's courteous. Courteous. Like the one, I mean, I took my time to just kind of, I I spent time just going up and down main street in vehicles because they're all one way and they've always been one way. Um, and so I would get off and then I go wait at another one to go back. <laughs> and I did that for like an hour. 
the other day in, in Disneyland and it was probably like one of my favorite hours I've ever spent. And it, like if you go in the fire fire truck, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you if you sit in the back, you can even ring the bell. Ding, ding. Like how fun is that for for adults and kids? Like kids are going to love that. But my, my favorite part were all the cast members going, is she OK? <laughs> she like she she knows that like there's rides in like other parts of Disneyland, right? Can I go on the next one? Can I ring the bell? Oh, it's so much fun talking about all the Disney history with them because they really know their stuff because they need to That's very about true. the vehicles. So you learn a lot. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those cast members are very passionate about Disney history too. Well, I mean, it, it's such a specific one and the time period that you're set in on Main Street, sets it sets everything up. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into the original four on opening day then? Uh, yes, let's do that. Yes, we have, we have lots to go over. So yeah, um, I, gosh... I feel like the one that, well, they're all recognizable, but the one that people think about a lot because of the tracks that go down Main Street would be the horse-drawn carriage or streetcars or trolley. They have like a couple names they've gone by in Disney history. I call them ankle breakers, but yeah, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, they're a composite design from trolleys from Chicago, Boston, and Philadelphia. So they're kind of like took little pieces of all the things right as late as 1900 so um and they could carry 15 guests one way in six minutes so not you know that uh there was i think there's three three thousand six hundred and sixty feet of track making the full loop um and i love that it, i think this was actually in that do you have that manual handy by the way. I, I do. It's here. No, I don't have my other phone. I can't pull up and show okay. images while I'm reading. Okay. Well, this is from that, um, and I'll show you what it looks like in just a second. But it says, there's no other place in the world where time is deliberately pushed back more than 100 years to make it possible for a guest to experience the sensations of feeling, seeing, hearing, and even smelling everything associated with the turn-of-the-century hay-burning Oatsmobile. Hay-burning Oatsmobile, a.k.a. a horse. <laughs> um, let me show you a picture of it before I talk more about it. Um, hang on, hang on. I had, Give me a second. Oh, I you're, just you're found... helping me? Helping me pull. Okay. All I right. Just found... Yep, I got it. <laughs> I got it. No problem. Um, oh. So there, this, I got the manual. Here it is. <laughs> and, and they, the tra- I got to do the tracks real quick. There you go. And then a guy falling. Here's a guy falling because yeah, fell the you need that part. That's in, that's critical to this. There you go. Got it. Okay. It's pretty close. Spot on. You're just missing. You're just missing the dude on the ground. <laughs> he looks like he got run over by it. <laughs> well, he did. He did. It was. It wasn't his best day. Let me just tell you. That's what it looks like now. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. This is what it looked like then. And you'll notice that it has um, a 10 cent fare sign on it. It usually cost an A ticket or a, or 10 cents. And there was a little, usually somewhere where you loaded onto these vehicles, there was a little box or something you could drop the coins into. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where it was on the trolley. Also, one really cool fun fact about these trolleys is they had um, only one horsepower. It was crazy. <laughs> it took me a minute. I got there. It's okay. 
It was like the hay birding Oatsmobile. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, it's a Kirk joke. Okay. <laughs> Here's another historic one um, from kind of the, the center going down the street towards the castle. You can see, I love the, the people's dresses and stuff in this too. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> decked out, you know? The only time we get there is when it's Dapper Day. Yes. Where people are bounding. That's so true. Um, I think those are most of my photos. Oh, well, I have this one, which we'll, we'll tease this. To, this is the, we're going to tease the car. <gasps> <you want. laughs> How are they driving? Where's the wheel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's <laughs> magic. But then you can see the trolley in the background. I love that. Yeah. So the trolley tracks, you know, something that I, I don't know why I never thought about this, because I've literally seen the trolleys and cars and stuff like pass like this because they had, I think, I believe they had four, they had four of these. So they would, when they pass, they, that's why the tracks divide is because they had to be able to pass each other. Yeah. Like you can see the center <laughs> cross sections, um, in the front of the hub, basically for, at least for Walt Disney world, but I'm sure Disneyland yeah, similar. It's the same, but it's funny. Cause I've, I've never, I've taken so many photos of that. And then like my brain has never computed that they, they have two trolleys that then will cross each other. Cause you rarely see them operating with two no, trolleys. No, yeah. Just, I mean, like, that, never. right. Yeah. It never happens. But it was so busy back then. They had very busy Main Street that they had at least two going at the same time. One and probably in the front and the back. Well, you think about the era, too, and the types of attractions. Like, the, the Main Street vehicles, and I agree with everyone who, um, who has said they're grossly underrated. Totally. And that's the reason why they, we don't get as much love for them. You know? I don't think a lot of people realize you can even ride those things. They just go like, I think the Dapper Dans ride that. Well, they just go, those singing guys ride it. Yeah. They don't yeah. even know. <laughs> um, those singing guys. Well, most, most people like don't have... I, what's a hot dog? I don't know. It's like a sausage in a bun. That's what I heard the other day. So it's like, that's my life. That's what I hear all the time. Sausage in a bun. It's like a sausage in a bun. I should start writing down the things that I hear in the parks because some of it is I know. really, really wild. You could you know, have like, your own, like, overheard at Disney account. <laughs> oh, thousand percent. Um, this is the cast member manual that I was talking about. This is from 1966. So I, this is the one I sent to Kirk. And you can see, of course, the trolley highlighted on the front there. Um, and, of course, our one horsepower <laughs> is also on there. Mm -hmm. um, but this has uh, everything you would need as a cast member to be prepared to... Um, answer guest questions and know what the street atmosphere is like and try to make sure that you can stay in character. Um, yeah, it basically talks. It's it's so funny because it does set up the, the terminology of being on stage and mm -hmm. stepping off. And it's just it talks about uh, courtesy and manners while operating the vehicles. It is a step back in time in yes. And if, if you think about it, I mean, not like most people read handbooks or manuals, you know, like your new job that you go to, they're like, here you go. And you're like, yeah, I'll look at that, you know, <laughs> unless there's like company values. But intrinsically in here, there's storytelling elements, which I thought was really cool. Right. And it's like soup to nuts. It takes you from the setup storyline of what Main Street's supposed to be all about. It talks about each of the individualized vehicles. And then it ends up with basically how should you perform while you're there and what are the some of the key tenets and values mm -hmm. safety courtesy safety, you know courtesy, the, yeah that one bold part 
Yeah, the one part at the bottom talks about bold, uh, bolded in safety, like the guests as well as your safety is is paramount. It takes... Yeah, it says guest safety on your own is your first and foremost responsibility. That's what it yeah. says there. Which I think this is fascinating, not only as a historical document, but also for people who are have never been a cast member and probably never will be. Um, so I'll make sure I link this uh, both in our podcast notes and also on Discord so you guys can read through it if you want to. I won't read you the whole thing because it's long. How about, how about the uh, typology? I don't know if anybody's like into that stuff, but like looking at the fonts to me. Well, the typography, yeah. To, topog- typography? I thought typography was like... Typography. That's the style that... of the font. Is it? Okay. The... Oh, I... That's not it. It's so cool. I just like looking at the, the different eras of fonts. Me too. Fonts are... I love looking at different fonts. This one, of course, so they have all kinds of different um, horses that they bred at the pony, the pony farm is what they called it. Um, you had Belgian, Percheron, Clydesdale, and ponies, which they still actually use at Tricircle D here um, in Walt Disney World. So you can actually see all of these different types of horses still being utilized. Mm-hmm. And the ones that were, I love how it says that uh, the horses which pull our vehicles were originally stabled at Disney Studios and were eventually brought to our pony farm. The original horse members of our cast were trained, um, carefully trained under conditions similar to those which they would face when they met our Disneyland audience. In the weeks before the park opened, the horses pranced around in a circular ring for four hours a day while music, tooting automobile horns, and the laughter and shouts of crowds were blared at them through loudspeakers. So that's how they made sure that guests were safe, that the people that were steering it were safe, was that they trained these horses very well so that they would be not distracted by all the stuff that happened on Main can it, Street. Can I admit, though, 30 hours of training to me seems like, I don't know if that's enough not or not lot. enough. It I doesn't, yeah, like, to me, like, like, giant, especially Clydesdales, like, they're... Like, yeah. you, could you imagine that thing? Just, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a horse. It's fine. But <laughs> could it not be fine? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look any up. <laughs> well, I have a little bit about, little bit about the horses because they are integral to a lot of these horse drawn, um, vehicles that we had. And so, um, who managed the horses was, um, Owen Pope and, and Dolly Pope. They were married and they were actually Disneyland's very first employee was Owen Pope in 1952. So before the really? park opened, he was, yeah. And huh. not only did they manage all of the animals, but they also helped make a lot of the, um, like buckboards and Conestoga wagons and, and stagecoaches. They made the stagecoaches for Disneyland. So they, um, they, because they, they had to learn how to make the wagon wheels because no, that, that, that had gone out the window, you know, decades before like yeah line, decades so they had to like basically relearn how to make wagon wheels so Owen and Dolly Pope they they ran the pony farm um and then they had um I had some really funny quote about that okay so Van Arsdale France was in charge of orienting employees into Disneyland so they they what they called indoctrination in that manual so indoctrinating in the employees about giving them orientation but he said that he had a really hard time with the mem- the members who were operating the pony farm the people that were doing the animals for the main street vehicles and he said i think i managed to schedule almost everyone through orientation with one exception my only failure was with the people who were to operate the horse drawn vehicles this operation was controlled by a crusty man named owen pope whose headquarters were in what is still called the Pony Farm. When I cornered him, he explained by saying, Van, you're dealing with people people. 
we're horse people out here. And he finally <laughs> sent me one or two of his men, but he was doing his own training program. <laughs> we're horse, horse people. people. <laughs> the people people. I, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, most like outside of Pocket Fam, those are people people. We're more of theme park people, Disney people. people. Disney we're very, people. you know, like you, you keep your, you know, the regulars out there. We'll, we'll manage this whole whatever this is. Yeah, this is the, the, Disney, the Disney people, yes. I like so. that he called him crusty. <laughs> <laughs> and so my other favorite part is that all of the horses had names. Now, of course, that's not uncommon. Like, horses horses have names. Um, but the reason that they had horse names, um, because it says since the horses were not directly on payroll, they had to be carried as assets. So all were given names. And they received the names of people in accounting. So all of the horse names... <laughs> Came from people in Disney accounting. So I would say that all the horses were always accounted for. <laughs> you were always accounted for. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, I love that. I don't know if that is still true to this day, but at least back then they were all members of accounting, which was just I don't fun. think so. I'm pretty sure I saw like a sparkle once in a, in a horse stall. I doubt that's like the name of an accountant. That account. could be somebody's could name, be. Kirk. Maybe it, not I'm not saying that it couldn't, but I've met a lot of content, uh, accountants. They're not very sparkly people. Oh, no, actually, our, our accountant for our business is actually uh, quite a personality. <laughs> They're going to be offended. Start calling them sparkle. They don't watch our content. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So... The, back to the trolley, they are pulled by, like you said, the Belgian Pertron, Clydesdale, and Shire horses is what I have written down. What? There, we, one of our accountants. <laughs> oh, Kirk. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't say it. Let the record show. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... I said each horse worked only four hours per day and five days a week. So anybody who's like, they overworked those horses and stuff. No, they, they had them. They were take, they were well taken care of. And then they would have what they call a taxi ride over to the pony farm um, at the end of their shift. So they um, moved them and let them rest and all the things. So um, that's mostly what I have for Charlie. Do you have anything else? For I Charlie? liked, I also liked how for Owen Pope, like they had a very pretty straight in that manual. They mentioned that, uh, for managing the horses because uh, they were only on stage for roughly about four hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they were taken back, they were, they were groomed and all of the saddles and everything had to be cleaned and, and all oh, the yeah. bridles like and everything else. And yeah. Like, yeah but, I, but I'm pretty sure uh, Owen also was like in charge of that too, in terms of like the process for that. So yeah, he was purpose of the trolley was basically to, for fun, for, bringing you back to a period piece and then also to take you on a little bit of a ride because it was it was considered a a level ticket yeah yep and it was brother can you sense. spare a dime yeah and they were yeah it was mainly atmospheric Walt wanted mm. it to feel like the um you know we always talk about marceline missouri where he grew up so he wanted he wanted to bring back that old town feel and make it nostalgic because you remember at this point for people in the 1950s, Main Street would have been nostalgic, not just like mm -hmm. another era that we've never experienced before. It really would have been like their childhood. So he wanted it. That was so important to him that he didn't care if how many you know people it took up and down Main Street. Now, in this manual, it does talk about how capacity is important, <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah, because you know? they're so low. 
It's just there like is no you capacity. Get, you can get like six people in some of these, you know. So, but um, but I think their point was don't just like take one person up and down the street, you know. Try to fill it if you can. So, um, yeah. So that's most of the trolley that I have. Are you good to move on? I am good to move on. <laughs> do you want to do the horseless carriage or the Surrey next? I, you know what? I was a little bit confused as to the Surrey because the Surrey just seems to be like a size thing, but it, the Surrey and the horseless carriage are very similar looking. Too. They're not the same thing though. They are not. No. Because it's one's a horse-drawn one and one is horseless. <laughs> one, it, right. That's like <laughs> that's like saying uh, there's a uh, there's a headed rider. And there's also a headless horseman. <laughs> I mean, it says it in the name. <laughs> They're not the same, though, because of... Um, let's do Let's talk about the Surrey, because this is important. So, are you familiar with the, mov- with the movie and the musical Oklahoma? No. Okay. I mean, I know it exists, but... Okay. Okay. So, that's maybe where some of the confusion lies, <laughs> because... At this time, in 1955, is when the movie Oklahoma was released. It was from 1943, was when the musical came out. And it was so popular um, that everybody was singing the songs with it. And one of the songs is called The Surrey with the Fringe on Top. Okay, They take a ride in a Surrey. I'm going to play just a couple seconds of it so that you kind of get what they were hearing during this time. Let me make sure I'm, I'm going to... A Surrey there. with a fringe on top. I can't believe no, was, you don't know this song. But I, it's, it's a banger. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a banger. <laughs> All right, here we go. When I take you out tonight with me, honey, here's the way it's gonna be. You will set behind a team of snow white horses in the slickest gig you ever see. Chicks and ducks and geese better scurry When I take you out in the Surrey When I take you out in the Surrey With the fringe on top Wow, I know this song See how it flutters When I drive them high-stepping strutters Nosy pokes will peek through the shutters And their eyes will pop the wheels are yellow, the upholstery's brown, the dashboard's genuine leather. With eyes and glass curtains, you can roll right down in case there's a change in the weather. Ooh, bright side lights winking and blinking. Ain't no finer rig, I'm a thinking. You can keep your rig if you're thinking that I care to swap. Her that shiny little Surrey with the fringe on the top. He struggled for something to rhyme with top. He went with swap <laughs> of all words. I was like, interesting. It's, I, I feel like I've heard that very similar, like campy style song, but different lyrics. It's Rogers and Hammerstein. This is a yeah. classic, my friend. So yeah, well, <clears throat> literally everybody was singing this song at the time. So riding is like considered one of the most romantic things you can do is to take an evening ride. And the, the song as it goes on, it's just like, as you, yeah, you know, every, the twilight's coming out and the frogs are singing and, and her head's getting sleepy and then it falls on his shoulder. And it's just like this super romantic like moment. So everybody wanted to ride in the Surrey with the fringe on top because of and, that. And then 
His shoulder falls asleep. He gets annoyed. He's like, I got another four hours to get home because I got one horse. This is taking forever. No. Also, by the way, I'm, I'm super confused because I'm from New Jersey. And we had Surrey's all the time on our boardwalks. But Surrey's, and they have them at the Disney boardwalk too, was a, like a steered pedal biking thing. And they're really, they're a lot. Yeah, well, they're it's modeled after this idea of a Surrey, like with the fringe. The fringe, you think they always have a canopy, right? Well, it comes from this idea of the Surrey, and so it's like it is a it's this very sweet kind of romantic idea that they're about. So they had two of them in Disneyland. They had the one that I just showed you that was red, and they had one that was black. Um, So two Surreys. And they did actually use them for a date night at Disneyland, too. They would advertise them as, like, come take a, you know, your sweetheart and a ride in the Surrey. Um, can you tell I like the Surrey? It's kind of sad that they're gone. Um, yeah, a little yeah. much. Yes. I honestly, <laughs> like, the amount that you like the Surrey's <laughs> is making me a little surly, to be honest. <laughs> I actually, my mom um, had me watch Oklahoma growing up. Like, I, I watched musicals with my mom. Okay. As, like a bonding thing. So I grew up singing all those songs. So it's like. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Nostalgic. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Let me flip it. This is the A ticket that you can see. The Surrey is on. Pull it back a little bit. The Surrey's and the horseless carriage. What does a person do when you're on Main Street? Do you go Main Street horse cars? Do I go a horseless carriage? Do I get a Surrey? Do I do a fire wagon? I, for some reason, I feel like the fire wagon would have been popular. Only because yeah. more people were familiar with what that was. Except for the Surrey. The Surrey was probably popular because of Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, I think they were all they were all um, popular in their own way. Like, they just, a different crowds. So maybe the kids for the fire engines and the adults for the Surrey, you know? Like, because the kids maybe not so much for the Surrey. I don't know. It was interesting. Do you know, I have a question, right? Like, you know how, like, we have, like, trends, TikTok trends. Do you think, I would assume, right? That when couples would go on the Surrey, that they'd be like, oh, look, I'm falling asleep on your shoulders. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, probably. that was like the 50s trends, you know? They're like, hang on. <laughs> probably subtly, though, you know, especially if it's a woman, she would be have to be very subtle and very convincing, you know, because she wouldn't want to seem too forward at that time, right? Wouldn't that the, was very forward. Yeah, well, you know. They, I'm also, seen... you're married, I guess. <laughs> Cleopatra. You know, she was a forward lady, and that was a long time ago, well, way before well, Surrey. Cleopatra is a whole other story. I'm just, I'm just saying, right, you know. <laughs> well, you have to also think that people were not huge necessarily on public public displays of affection in that era, so that would be considered a public display of affection as much as holding hands and things, which yes, yeah, disgusting. Common. It's disgusting. All right, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, I feel sorry for Mel. All right. <laughs> Trust me, she's cool with it. <laughs> she probably wants to go on a Surrey ride more than you know, my friend. I, I don't know. If I get a text right now that says I want to go on a Surrey ride, then you know what? I she probably want to do one of the um, the horse drawn carriages. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. Unless you're terrified of horses, I feel like that's a win for almost everybody. But um, so um, let me see. For the horse, I have a lot of things about the horses that we already really talked about. They had um, a smaller breed of ponies, um, of horses. They had a Hackney and Shetland crossbreeds that they bred to pull these Surrey. So they're actually smaller horses than oh, the other ones. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I remember in the manual they were talking about uh, the Surrey's weight had to be very specifically light but very strong. 
The only thing that was, <laughs> you must have just gotten the gift yeah. that made you dance. I love it. So, like, the best part about, like, the gift thing is, like, we don't see, but we all know what's happening because you'll just see, like. I'm sure it looks great on our YouTube. This <laughs> is... <laughs> what YouTube? What's your... People on the podcast will never know. Uh, they'll never know. Well, they'll know now. Oh, gosh. Oh, here's an older photo. But, of but, they, were, but they were very light um, for the ponies just so they could pull them better. Cause I mean, he could actually hold a couple of folks. Um, but the wheels, the wheels were heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to, um, I think was it aluminum. Let me go back to my notes. Um, it was, I'm sorry. I have to find it. I think that they were made with a, a not aluminum, something, some sort of metal that they, made them in so to make them stronger than just a plain old wooden one you're right because otherwise it would um it would not be able to withstand that kind of wear and tear of guests every single day climbing aboard the surrey for the Mm -hmm. various things um and they also um did the pinstriping on the wheels and the stenciled letters were completed in the walt disney studio backlot by sign painters so they they made the vehicles um with you know owen pope and dolly um but the actual detailing on it was all done by Disney sign painters. So art, Disney artists. That's what it looked like. Um, and I think they're for a while, they were on display at big thunder ranch, but that doesn't exist anymore. So I have not seen one in a long, long time. I'm hoping that they come back eventually, but yeah. We get something close, close, with the uh, horseless carriages. I feel like they're relatively similar in terms of body style. Yeah. Well, should we take a look at them? Yeah. Yeah. They are similar. Um, these were added in. I Gosh, I should have given you guys dates for all these. I'm so sorry. So those were original opening day ones. The horseless carriages didn't come into play until 1956. But since we're already talking about them, let's just go there and we'll, we'll go back to the another opening day one. So they were added in 1956. They had two vehicles that were red and yellow, and they were after uh, modeled after like 1903 was the year, but it was really like 1903 to 1907. Um, and they were based on Franklin automobiles that were manufactured from those years. So they look like this. And you're right, they do have that like the fringed mm-hmm. top top to them. Well, you know, listen, if you're gonna swap, you need that fringe on top. <laughs> You just determined to rhyme something else with that. Well, that that's what he rhymed. He rhymed swap and top. That's what he did. <laughs> this is not a very clear photo, but you can you can see the red version of it there in all its vintage glory. I think when people see these, they also think of like Mr. Toad's car. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny that they were not manufactured. Oh, that's something we didn't talk about yet. Is the fact that these were all created by um, Bob Gurr. Mm-hmm. So they were known as Gurmobiles, and people Gurr. still Gurmobiles. They still you, refer to them as that. I mean, pretty much anything with a wheel, the dude made. You know, yeah. Yeah. he's he's doing with a wheel, the dude made. You know, yeah. yeah. He's he's doing Main Street vehicles, uh, Omni movers, uh, Autopia cars, monorail, monorail. Bob sleds. Yeah. Virtually well, anything that rolls. 
in Disney. Okay. Yeah, which is and like it's crazy because like all of these are modeled off of something but aren't something, you know. Yeah, and Bob Gurr is one of the few Imagineers who's still around. Um, he still mm-hmm. does um, show. He he's at trade shows and things, and he'll do. Yeah, he lectures just had like and... a yeah, he just did a lecture in Disneyland like three yeah. months ago. Yeah, so he's still around. And you can buy things that are autographed by him um, on on the internet and things, and so he's still around. Yeah, they were known as Gurmobiles because Bob Gurr also Bob invented the internet. If you didn't know that, <laughs> it's not true. But <laughs> him and Michael Eisner. <laughs> oh, your buddy. No. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, back to the horseless carriages, which were also called jitneys. That's the other name for them. Is a jitney. They had. They actually look old but they were made from newer parts and the reason why bob gurr said it was just um because it was way less expensive to try to fix them or repair them when they went down so the um let's see they use a jeep rear end of the vehicle and a ford model a front end so it's kind of like a frankenstein Mm -hmm. situation they have brakes from a 1952 mercury steering from a 1950 chrysler imperial um, a two-cylinder Hercules water pump engine that was selected for its durability and the right sound of a vibrating motor under the bonnet or the hood for those of you who are in America as <laughs> bonnet bonnet in my notes <laughs> and the wood spokes oh here it is wood spokes were actually aluminum castings I'm like there's aluminum somewhere here and not just in the hall of hall of aluminum the aluminum thing um, the brass lamps uh, were built in the studio and it took 7.5 minutes to travel the 1987 feet at an average of four miles per hour so they don't go very fast um and i love this quote by walt um somebody a staff member was concerned they're like should we make it this like beautiful because guests are just gonna rough it up they're just gonna trash it and like who cares we shouldn't bother right and so walt said don't worry about it just make them beautiful and you'll appeal to the best side of people they'll all have it they all have it all you have to do is bring it out so he's like, make it pretty and people won't want to trash it because it's pretty. He he felt that way about a lot of things. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about a quote, I think it was two districts ago, where it basically was, don't worry about the cost because if we wow our guests, they will pay us back 10 times, mm-hmm. which yeah. is such a great way to look at business. Now, fiscally, fiscally it could be like crazy and go like way out, but guy took risks. He did. And they were good. They were good creative risks, and they paid out. He was all about quality, and he was like, "If you give give people good quality, they'll come back because mm-hmm. they'll know what they're getting. They'll see the value of what they're getting," which I think then makes was why people get upset about when the quality declines because they're like, "I'm not getting the value for what I paid here," you know. So yeah, yeah, I've I've always something. known that in business is that if you can properly price something to a market, but then also recognize that you, you need to deliver three to five times what somebody paid. And if you could do that through experience, there's so many ways to do that, but yeah. 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 And he did that. I think he did that. I agree. Another kind of, this is today's view of the red, red horseless carriage, AKA Jitney. Um, I think I've got the yellow one too, what they look like today. Oh, Maybe I don't. Just kidding. Um, I think I was on the red one last week or yellow one last week. This is the only vehicle that I've ever ridden down Main Street on. Was it the, a Surrey. 
That's a, the oh, no, a horseless, a horseless, a horseless carriage. carriage. Yeah. I was like, you went on the Surrey. <laughs> oh gosh! If they ever bring the Surrey out somewhere, I'm just gonna buy my plane ticket and go find, go see it. Like, <laughs> I'm there like the next day. But I'd be the only person. <laughs> that lady's back seat. again. You just have like a like a banner that says I love Surrey's and like give me that fringe on top. <laughs> I would make People a drink like, for that. <laughs> oh gosh. She seems a little unfringed, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Unfringed>. <laughs> Okay. Um so that's uh, mainly what I've got for the the horseless carriage. Um, mm-hmm. The other one that was a main a main sorry an opening day attraction one was the horse drawn fire wagon, which we already mm-hmm. kind of touched on. Now this is different than the one that you see driving around the park because this was a horse drawn one. This is the one that is currently parked inside the firehouse and is not moved. So you can still go see it, but you can't take a ride on it anymore. Um, Updated picture. Okay. Very nice, very nice. Um, so this one was um, authentically reproduced from pictures of old fire engines, um, and the hats and axles and other props that are inside the fire station are actually authentic. So if you want to go see antique fire equipment, that's a great place to go. Um, I have some photos of it. It was retired in 1962, so it didn't actually get used for that long. And I tried to find why, and I was I was unable to find a good reason why. I don't know if you know. Any I don't. Reason. I don't because it's one of those things where we still have it on display. We still have a fire department, so it's strange to me that they don't utilize anything from it. Like there, yeah. we have no moving. We don't have motorized. We don't have horse drawn. Nothing. Well, it's interesting because they no longer have the Surreys, and they no longer have the. Um, horse-drawn fire wagon and I wonder if it has something to do with safety concerns because the trolley because of the horse pulling it because with the trolley they're on tracks and so the horses are less likely to be able to bolt um, so I wonder if it's a, it was a safety concern it's just pure speculation um, mm. whereas the other ones weren't on a track so they, they were free rolling so yeah, remember this is the place that allowed elephants and bears to walk around in their parades? <laughs> that bear. Oh, I tell you. Literally had a bear on a leash. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm getting so much grief for that one right now because people are assuming that I approved of that behavior. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh, dude. I'm like, no. Like, I'm just, I'm just reporting is it, history, people. <laughs> is, it, I'll, is it crushing, though? Thank you, it's doing okay, yeah. <laughs> it always does. Controversy. People like their controversy. <clears throat> this just in, the Cicerone does not approve of bears on leashes, just in or case does... you were concerned. Or <laughs> does she? No. <laughs> she never has taken a stance on it, so clearly we don't know. Some of the way that I worded it, they were just like, they're like, well, you could have said it a different way. And I was like, I know, but didn't. So here I am. <laughs> I'm human. Like, why don't you... Do me a favor. You make a video and I'll I'll rip it apart. (laughs) It's just so silly. I was just like, obviously I'm not approving of them like doing anything to bears. So I don't know. It's, it is what it is. So anyway, sorry, little tangent. It's okay. It's a, it was a necessity. Uh, I would call it a bear necessity. necessity. Mm -hmm. That one was predictable. 
They're all think... predictable. <laughs> um, I don't think I actually have any other um, things about the fire engine itself because I have more about the the one that's motorized. The motorized. That one comes later. I have one more opening day vehicle, and then I and then we have the omnibus after that. So this one actually I hadn't heard of. Um, which was new to me, and it is called the Carnation Delivery Truck. Now, this was not one that Guess rode on. Yeah, it, it was. Exist. It yeah, it was like an advertisement for like a rolling billboard for Carnation. Pretty much, but they used it to restock the ice cream parlor. So yeah, which they is actually awesome. like would. So every day they would bring in. I'm trying to find a photo of it for you guys. Um, they would bring in the supplies, and then after they were done unloading, here it is. They would. They would park it in front of the Carnation Ice car, ice Cream Parlor, and then it would just be, like, an ad. <laughs> so it would be, like, Streetmosphere. But Gus rarely rode in it. I think that this this is maybe some some people that got to ride in it. I do see pictures of kids. I think they're sitting in it taking photos, I think is what's going on here. I, I don't think I they're think, driving. <laughs> I think Club Cool needs to up their game and create a boat ride made of soda. And we ride on <laughs> boats. Soda boats. <laughs> motor soda boats yeah oh gosh um that would be something here's a good picture of it just here's walt driving this one which i love <laughs> with all the adoring fans so walt bring us ice cream <laughs> no problem 40 cents what yeah. <laughs> well interesting enough the carnation cafe which we won't get into all history of but when I was reading through all of this, it was talking about how, you know, it was originally the Carnation Company and it's, it was acquired by Nestle and now they still make those like breakfast shakes and things like you can get powder. Yeah, Carnation instant breakfast. When I first started dating Mel, that's what you would do as like a breakfast replacement. And I'd be like, you're drinking Ovaltine? Sugar. What's happening here? <laughs> Ovaltine. <laughs> <clears throat> so eventually when Disney kind of like bought out that partnership and they got they got that they just turned into carnation as the flour instead of carnation as the powdered milk and so it still has carnation on it now but it's not the powdered milk it's more the flowers which is but i love that they still use the name so um so this carnation let me go back to my notes so this one was a actually ford model t had Ford Model T wheels and a Model A chassis. So it was made of, it was a Ford car, um, just kind of Frankenstein Ford car. And it was a 1910 design. I'm so distracted. <laughs> trying I have to, to teach here about this history. I have, to, I have to give appreciation for, like, now they're giving me, they're having fun. Now they're having fun at just, like, giving me uh, random things. So I have to interpret how to say thank you without talking. I just got weights, by the way. I got hot dogs and weights, and I'm sorry. What a combo. Okay. <laughs> In the gym with your hot dogs. Um, <clears throat> so this was parked, uh, like I said, on West Center Street outside of Carnation Ice Cream Parlor, and it was built using Bob Gurr's drawings by Carnation Workmen at Carnation's Atwater Village plant near Glendale. So it wasn't actually constructed by Disney. It was constructed by the Carnation Workmen. So... I think that's why we don't hear about it a lot because it's like they don't still have it. They actually yeah, it's gave not it, it's not theirs. Yeah, they gave it back um, to um, Carnation 
And now it's um, in 1997, the manager of Carnation Farms, um, located in Carnation, Washington, and the home and founder of Carnation Company, they were given the truck for their museum. So sometimes if you go to the museum in Carnation, Washington, you can probably still see this truck that was in Disneyland once upon a time. So um, I love, I have two really great quotes from Bob Gurr about this. Um, one is, he said, an early sponsor of Disneyland was Carnation Milk Company. They wanted to have an antique delivery truck parked on Main Street right in front of their Carnation ice cream parlor. Walt had me design an antique looking truck, which Carnation built right in their own truck maintenance shop in Glendale. I based the antique design on a modern 1931. Oh, this one says 1931. I'm going to go by with Bob Gurr. 1931 model A Ford chassis. A friend made a custom radiator emblem for naming the truck Gurmobile. I used to get a kick out of know-it-all guests who would tell others how they remember the old Gurmobiles that were built in Los Angeles long ago. For years, it served as a photo op prop in front of the ice cream parlor when folks would take each other's photos seated in the cab. Behind them would appear the words, Carnation Milk, cleverly, Clever pub Publicity. So this is like early Instagram photo yeah. <laughs> spot. But I love that people thought Gurmobile was like an actual nostalgic thing because it was on the car. I, <laughs> man, I remember those Gurmobiles. <laughs> oh, so, <clears throat> anyway, so that's the Carnation delivery truck. I feel like I've been talking a long time, so even though we had the omnibus, I would love for you to talk a little bit about Walt's car, because um, I feel like I'm... Sure, then... <laughs> you need a break. Um, okay, can, can you do me a flavor, and uh, just can you pull up a picture of... Just yes. any picture of Walt in a roundabout. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. Let me grab it for you. Sweet. So, so I love these pictures because it, Walt looks like he's having the time of his life just driving an old-style car around Disneyland. And that's pretty much it. And it always reminds me of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And, like, I kind of think of Walt's life a little bit like a wild ride. So, to me, this is, like, so fitting. And the first time I ever saw it, I was like, is that a lap belt? Like, what is that thing? Mm -hmm. No, there's no there's no safety restraints or anything. Um, so, what we're actually looking at, and this was another Gurmobile. Uh, but this one was based off of the 1900 Oldsmobile. Um, you could either call it the runabout or the curved dash either or and they they started producing these in 1901 uh, coincidentally the price on these not exactly cheap in 1901 650 doll hairs which would be so roughly about 20,000 bucks in today's dollars so if you had one of these you were rolling literally rolling in it um, and I, look at the hoard it's a it's like a rubber hoard <laughs> um, but these, this, this, of course, um, uses multiple pieces of different vehicles, uh, but it was mainly off of the Oldsmobile. It, funny enough, these vehicles um, could go roughly about 20 miles per hour, but Mr. Olds, who started Oldsmobile, like there was a literal dude named Olds <laughs> who started Oldsmobile. I always just thought it was like old people ride these things. By the way, fun fact, my very first car was a Oldsmobile Alero. It's kind of like a Pontiac Grand Am, but cheaper because nobody drove Oldsmobiles. But I did because it was cheap. <laughs> uh, 
he was able to retrofit one in 1903, one of these curved dash to go not 20 miles per hour. Now imagine like no harnesses, no anything. He went 54.38 miles per hour oh and gosh. raced it in, um, in this, like they called it like a beach race. It was in California. I was like, dude, he went, he, was, he probably had like the, the Mr. <laughs> Toad, like speed goggles and like hat on and was like, Burr. but so there were, there was a pedal and a brake and it was uh, typically a, a two speed kind or a two gear box. Um, and yeah, it was <laughs> the, the, it reminds me of sometimes the Dumbo rides. If you find like a fake Dumbo ride, you know, they have like the push bar to go up or pull back and it oh, goes yeah. down, right? Like the old school ones. Um, the actual steering shifter, no joke. Well, you've literally just pushed the bar and that will, it's, it would steer you. It's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, so, it's yeah, a tiller. Was, they call it a yeah. tiller. It's so crazy. And it's, it's like, this is obviously like way before rack and pinion. So this thing went straight to the front axle and just went so you, like, imagine like there's no power to it. So you're like, yeah. it's like where you, when you see Walt's like in the parades and stuff, cause he drove, he rode on those in the parade. You can just see him really kind of like having to push it and like yeah. pull it back. Um, well, coincidentally with a lot of those things, the faster you're going, the easier it usually is for them to turn. So that's probably why he's laughing. He's like, <laughs> I'm really out of control here if I don't speak. He's like, I'm up. going towards the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I just, I just absolutely love those vehicles. They're so cool. Yeah, and I have a couple, couple things about them. Let me find that part of my notes here. Um, so they can, they commission, commissioned these between 1960 and 1965. So, as I said, we can, we jumped ahead just a little bit for this, um, and ironically. Walt actually drove in a car that was called a Ford runabout when he was dating his wife, Lillian, which just makes that mm. picture so much more See, that's probably, that's probably one of the reasons why he wanted it to be just like, like, I mean, it's pretty much spot on to that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, the, run, the Ford runabout did look a lot different than this. It was um, a little bit more like what you think of a Model T. Um, it was like a tiny Model T. Um, but <clears throat> let's see. They said, yep. It was well, in, well, Walt's. All right, so I was confused on the language here, right? Yeah. Walt's one was called his personal roundabout, correct? Mm-hmm. And then Ford's is a runabout. It's a runabout, yeah. Um, and then Oldsmobile also did a runabout, a runabout, and they also did a curved dash. I think it's just a runabout. Mm. I think it's just a runabout. I think that's the official name of it. Because um, that's what I have in my notes, is they commissioned four electric runabouts. So I think it's just a runabout. Okay. Saying that word a lot now. Just run about, run about, run about. I might get up and start running about. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Surrey talk here in a second. Um, the cars for the original Oldsmobile ones, they were powered by a, a single cylinder engine. But I think it was interesting that a lot of these vehicles, they actually um, slowed down the motor. I only know like this much about cars, but I, they slowed down maybe like the idling in the motor so they, to give it that like chug chug sound. They had to actually physically, <laughs> yeah, they physically did something. So it's like idling rougher basically to make it yeah. make that sound, which I think is really interesting. Um, if you've ever uh, used a lawnmower or a snowblower and you've had the choke on a little bit too much and your thing's just like, <laughs> 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 it's like That's I, I can't, I can't do this. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> You're choking me. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what gives it that iconic um, putt putt sound. And ori the original Oldsmobiles ones too. I love this part. It said that it was, it was said to emit one chug per telegraph pole. <laughs> that was how it was advertised. <laughs> They used a seat side crank for starting and then they had the tiller. So that's uh, really interesting. Oh, and so two of them remain in Disneyland today. You don't see them very often, but every once in a while they'll bring them out for a special parade or something like that. They're there. I have not seen one in a while, but I know that they're around. There's some storage. Um, and then they have two of them actually are in Florida. Two of them are in Florida in Hollywood Studios and the citizens of Hollywood sometimes <coughs> ride on them. So if you are in Hollywood Studios, you might be able to see them. I have never seen them because they haven't brought them back, but there was a white one that I saw uh, that had the director's, uh, like his like announcing, what, what do you call those things? Where it's like, it's just basically like a open, like it's like a megaphone, but without oh, electronics. Yeah. So you know what I'm yeah. talking about? I think it is Whatever. a megaphone was what they called it. It just sure. It. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty oh, cool. Oh, here I have it. It's on this sign here. Yeah. There you go. There you, yeah. that was the picture that I saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could see, uh, the, the director is not driving, which is kind of fun. <laughs> no, it's he's just, just yelling at people. <laughs> so they do have them there. I, I haven't seen them in a while either in Hollywood studios, but that's where they're, as far as I know, they're still in Florida. Um, so if they ever kind of bring back more of that streetmosphere, mm -hmm. maybe they'll, maybe we'll see them. There was also um, a red one, too. This is what the red one looks like. And you can see the carnation truck in the background. There you go. Lots and lots of red. Get your ice cream. A little bit of fringe on top. They're big on the fringe in that era. Fringe, fringe everywhere. <laughs> So, and then you, you sent some really neat pictures too of someone who made like a, they got to go look at it up close. Yeah. They, they got to look at one that was decommissioned and in, in the back of Disneyland and then they built like a 20 to one scale model of, um, yeah, here's of the, the vehicle. And then like Bob Gurr was like chilling, checking it out. But yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I, I really like the diagrams that they created because they have so much it's, I consider it archival now of mm -hmm. Waltz because there's honestly, if you type in, this is the worst thing in the world to try to research Walt Disney driving car. If you have no idea what it is, right? Yeah, I couldn't find anything. I and was then, like, what are we? And then guess what it is? It's just Walt Disney, how to drive a car in Walt Disney. Should you rent a car in Walt Disney? Yes. And I'm like, no, the car didn't is driving. <clears throat> and then you try find a picture and then go from, I usually use pictures like if I can yeah. find a picture, Google's really good at giving you suggestions that are similar to the picture. And yeah. then that's how I can rabbit hole to these weird fringe, like long tail websites that yeah, have same. some great pictures. Yeah. And oh gosh, I was trying to research swans today because I did a little TikTok about <laughs> this, swans. Like the swan boats or actual swans? Not the swan boats, but the actual swans that were in Disneyland. Okay. And if you type in Disney and you type in swan, guess what's going to come up? <laughs> I don't know what it comes the up. Swan and dolphin every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, even when I typed in Disneyland Swan, it still pulled up all the Disney World Swan and Dolphin. It was impossible to dig for that. I got it eventually, but man, that took forever to research yeah. the swans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Darn you, Google. 
Well, it's the it's that SEO. They want that SEO, that hotness, because nobody's typing that in. Like we're the only two momos on the internet <laughs> who are like. Everyone else is like, I don't know if should I, I should rent a car or not to Walt Disney. <laughs> it's true. We're we're yeah we're not popular in our, in our search. What we search for. No, it's definitely fringe. <laughs> And I did, I saw this one, you know, I don't know what this picture saved like super grainy, but you can see this was Bob Gurr's original sketch yeah. for this car too. Now, now interesting on that, they mentioned, and I figured I was going to ask you because I didn't, I ran out of time. Have you ever heard of the term vellum? Yeah, vellum. It's a type of paper. Yeah. So I didn't know what type of paper it was, but that's apparently what that drawing is on, is on vellum. Well, I think I feel like that's what they used a lot for animation. I could be wrong here, but I feel like vellum is somewhat see-through, so they used it okay. for animation so they could flip Like so you could things. do the transparency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I could be completely wrong too. So, full disclaimer, I just think I know vellum's a little bit see-through usually, so I think that's what it was. Um and that's why it was drawn on vellum, which is also more fragile. So, you know, that's probably why he's like it's on a piece of vellum and they was making like a big deal out of it because that's may not hold up there. So, um, oh, I have a bunch of pictures of the Surrey. Go back to the Surrey. Um, okay, so that's all I've got for Walt's runabout. You have anything? That's else? all I got. Okay. Should we head back to the omnibus? Yeah, yeah. We got the omnibus, and we still have the motorized fire engine. Mm-hmm. I think those are the main things that I have left. So, um, the omnibus was introduced into the parks on August 24th of 1956. Um, but the first time the words Disneyland Omnibus appeared in print was actually the cover of a 1945 Mickey Mouse hardcover book, which I thought was really interesting that they had this, Disneyland didn't even exist at this point, okay? So it wasn't even like an idea. Oh, hold on. And they still had this, which I think is really interesting. So they had all the characters and they got Mickey driving the omnibus to a fictional place called Disneyland. I haven't read this book, so now I really want to. Um, but that's where Omnibus first shows up. And the omnibus was actually inspired by a toy, little miniature, not toy, a miniature that Walt had. If, if you know, Walt loved to collect miniature things. And it was a 19, I think it was a 1940s red model bus from Dinky's Toys in England that he had in his collection that inspired the Omnibus, which looked like this. This wasn't Walt's exact one. This is just like it. Which, by the way, I've never gotten a chance to actually ride the Omnibus. It's really sad. You haven't been on the Omnibus? No, never. It's, this is not my fault. This had to happen because something else happened. It's... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's a picture of the green one from the front. I'm going to just ignore you and keep talking. So <laughs> this is what it looked like from the front. And this, so this is what inspired the omnibus for Disneyland. Um, now, the Main Street vehicles are all sized down, um, 
they're all a lot of them smaller size than a full size one would be because they're trying to keep in scale with the show that is Main Street USA. And remember, we've talked about forced perspectives of Main Street and how the different floors are um, smaller as you go up. So <clears throat> the omnibus itself is a five eighths scale. So then you would ask, like, how in the world could they make it five eighths scale and still have people be able to get into it? Right. Like full size humans. <laughs> Right. Shrink them before you put them in. <laughs> like that this was long before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So we didn't have that kind of um, <clears throat> technology. So this um, Walt said, I want this omnibus. He sent Bob Gurr to travel town in Griffith Park to see one that they had on display, which Bob Gurr loved because his dad and uncle had worked for LA Transit Lines omnibuses. And what he figured out to do to, in order to fit people in it was they um, they used a obviously like you did with a lot of the other vehicles, more modern truck. Um, and you like that, you'll, you'll like this. So the, they have a drop frame chassis that's taken from a modern truck um, by, inter, it was an international harvester truck that's typically used for beer trucks. So it's a historical beer truck. It's a historical beer truck. <clears throat> and so um, this, it says this was the only bus of its kind that ever had power brakes and power steering. So they had a just very, very modern engine um just like we had mentioned before um, which out of all of them that should have been the one that has the at least for the braking do you know yeah. what i mean yeah like because there's so much bus. weight yeah, right 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 <laughs> it, it is very very heavy it's m 8500 pounds so it's is a it it's a sturdy vehicle um mm. it has a six-cylinder inline motor with three a three-speed transmission um and it was painted by the Crown Coach Company originally. Now, one thing it mentions in the manual was that it was, uh, and maybe I, I just read it quickly and didn't understand. Were these utilized in New York originally, like omnibuses? Because I always think of yeah. like, overseas and whatnot. I feel like silly, but. Yeah, they were, I think they were also in English. It says they were patterned after French and English bus, buses of 1908. Okay. They were also in New York on Fifth Avenue. Apparently, this was like kind of an attraction on Fifth Avenue as they'd have double-decker buses, which I actually didn't know that. I'd never heard of that before. So, yeah, I could understand. That's confusing because... Um, so, that's what these are patterned after is partially Walt's little minibus that I showed you and also the ones that were on Fifth Avenue. That's why it looks a little bit different than the one that I showed you. Um, oh, I should show you some photos. Um literally so many photos of this Here's i desperately one. need to i don't usually get an opportunity to see it out and about um so it's like one of those things where like it doesn't come out every single day so it's it's so hit or miss and i i never ever have gotten to ride it and that would be one that riding on top when you were talking about perspectives the other week like that would be 100 percent one of those ones that i would want to see do you want to do it when I come out in January? We could like yeah. spend time on riding the vehicles. That would be super fun. Why not? I mean, you already did it for an hour. You might as well do it for another hour. <laughs> I know. They can call me crazy in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> they already do. <laughs> it does have a canopy on top that um, can be removed, um, especially sometimes they do for parades and things like that. They, this vehicle actually gets used, at least in Disneyland, a lot for parades and cavalcades and things like that. I think it does in Disney World too, right? It, I've never, I've never seen it for parades. Okay. Maybe it's mostly Disneyland then. So, um, and it will cost 10 cents like all the other main street vehicles or an A ticket, but you can see it's kind of more modern truck kind of 
plate just kind of outfitted a modern engine there. And then, um, interesting enough, so one of the original stops for the omnibus in Disneyland, if you think about it right now, it only goes from um, the town square to the plaza, which is the hub, right? So it just goes from like one circle then to the other circle, and then it's one way you got to get off and then go back. But it used to go to Fantasyland via Tomorrowland. So it actually went around what they called Holiday Hill, which was the big mound of dirt that they pulled from making the moat. They put it next to the castle and then they called it Holiday Hill. So <laughs> it went around Holiday Hill through Tomorrowland and to Fantasyland to get to Autopia and things that were there. So this is a picture of it underneath the sky, Skyway buckets. And you can see it going around Holiday Hill near Tomorrowland. Holiday Hill was was literally dirt. It, it was dirt with like some trees and weeds. Very and stuff few. On it. Very, it was <laughs> sparse. Sparse. It's it looks like a vacant lot that well, just have, is growing. I mean, you have. They to ran remember, out of money. They ran out of money, and they built this entire thing in one year. All of Disneyland was built in one year, which is just unbelievable with their budget and like the amount of time they had. It's kind of a miracle that they got anything opened in that time especially because they had a whole bunch of issues too with um, strikes and things like that, plumber strikes. Um, the omnibus, I had something else for this. Where did it go? Um, okay, so I have something that's, there was a really interesting document that was from 1966 from um, Disney University, uh, which is that, that, I think that's the same thing. Now that I think about it, that must have been what they called that manual that I was just talking about, the one that I showed mm -hmm. you. Um, the horseless carriages are sometimes called the 1903s. Um, oh, that's the horseless carriages. Just kidding. Well, we could talk about it anyway. But you could pick any year, 1904, 05, or 06, just to be as accurate. These little cars are of wed composite design on the basis of extensive research. Studio designers created a horseless carriage, which was composite of the design and size of many gas-driven cars. Um, the early period in automobile history, and our horses' carriages are a little bit of everything. Sorry that's out of order, guys. I must have put that in the wrong spot. I do have something from Disneyland in the Park in 1957. It says, camera fans especially liked the unique angles that the Omnibus's second deck provides. They actually do use that a lot. If you've listened to any of these old, like, Disneyland shows, they'll often say, like, this is for camera lovers. <laughs> this is, like, what you do. Go over here and take pictures. Like, they were real into that. Yeah. Yeah. Way different. Mm -hmm. Now that everybody has a camera in their pocket, it's not quite a selling point. Um, no. I do think <clears throat> this is kind of an interesting story, too, about this. Um, we'll move on soon. But Ron Dominguez, those of you who might know, he's the executive vice president of Walt Disney Attractions, or he was, rather. But he's more known for the Dominguez Palm, which is in Disneyland. Are you familiar with the Dominguez Palm? I am. That's the one that's over by Swiss Family, right? Yeah. But it uh, got moved? <clears throat> well, it was kind of by the opening for Pirates. They moved it. right. It's right next to the Jungle Cruise. In between okay. the Jungle Cruise and the entrance to Indiana Jones, there's this really big palm tree. If you look up, it's really hard to miss. And that was um, part of the Dominguez family. They Part of their deal with Disney to sell their property is like they've had family members get married under it. It was like a big... It was a big deal to their family. So um, they didn't want the tree taken down. So they just kind of like balled up the roots and moved it to right next to the Jungle Cruise because it made sense there in Adventureland. 
and it's still there today. But Ron Dominguez, this was his family, and then he ended up going to work for Disney for a very long time. But he, um, so he knew Walt Disney. He met Walt one Sunday afternoon after the Omnibus debuted in 1956. Um, and he was in the back area of the Omnibus with a little mechanical problem, and Walt walked up. He said, when we first brought out the bus, I personally thought it was the wrong scale for Main Street. Walt asked me how I liked the bus. Being real honest, I'm young, but still wanting to be diplomatic. I said that I thought it looked pretty good, but I had a bit of doubt in my voice. So he said, what do you mean it looks pretty good? It looks darn good out there. <laughs> so he put me in my place real quick. Substitute darn for a stronger word, but we're going to keep it family friendly. So <laughs> um, I just love that. Walt's just like, it looks great, as is. <laughs> I wonder, you know, like how many times did people listen to him when he said like ridiculous stuff? Do you know what I mean? How often I would imagine a lot. Him? Yeah. I would imagine a lot. Oh, you know? no, you didn't cross Disney because you, you wouldn't be stay there long. He, he was in charge. And um, it's really interesting because, like, pretty much most of the ideas for Disneyland were just Walt's ideas that he made true. Unless people, I kind of think this is, like, somebody who's, like, I'm going to try to make them think it was their idea. So they, I think some of the Imagineers had ways of convincing Walt that things were a good idea. And then Walt would come back and be like, yeah. I think that's a great idea and kind of like be like it was my idea all along, but not in the same way as Michael Eisner. And that's a whole nother thing. So <laughs> taking credit for people's work. So, <laughs> um, I think that's most of what I've got besides this value in 1958 was $27,550, which is worth a lot. So that is a ton of money, a ton in 1958 for, for one vehicle for one. Yep. So it was worth a lot. It was um, a coupon. And now it's part of the, the Main Street Transportation Co. So they have this kind of like fictitious um, business um, for the gasoline-powered Main Street vehicles. So that's what you'll see on it now. Um, and there was actually a duplicate of the Omnibus made for Epcot for the World Showcase. And they used it in 2007 for Disney characters on holiday, which is a group of characters that performed in several locations around Epcot, and they entered an exit through a European double-decker bus. But it was just a copy, a copy of the Omnibus. I'm trying to be professional here, Kirk. Come on. It's not my fault. <laughs> Pocket fam. This is the bus that's in Epcot, or was in Epcot, I should say. But it's still probably there somewhere backstage, hanging out. And which makes sense to have a double decker bus there with the UK. Can you guys, all right, can you do me a favor? Can you, can you make Kate do something? Okay. So she, <laughs> so she like leaves me alone with. Okay. They're feeding me okay. chili peppers right now. I also love this. I have this little like matchbook too that has, was it's given out in Disneyland. We don't really get matchbooks now, but they had a whole bunch of cars. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, other, I do have a few more photos. I'm just used to you being able to look up stuff too. So this is different. I, can I be honest? Can I be honest? I left my other phone at home purposefully because I was like, I don't need it. It'll be fine. I don't need to, uh, like I, I need less technology. And here yeah. I am going, I need more technology. <laughs> 
Here's a nice view from the top of it as well. I love sitting up at the top. You get a whole different view of the park and it really does like, it makes you see Disneyland in a different way. So, and Disney World, because it's also in Disney World. Um, I think that's mostly what I have for that. Do you have anything else? No, you know, the one thing that I do want to share is that similar, um, I noticed just a connection on seating. Most of these had a similar bench style seat with a leather and upholstered look. Almost all of them with like a riveted back too. So it's like a little thing, but it's, I don't know, it's really cool. It it is tough to sit in there though. I always wonder like, especially with, Mm -hmm. even with their, their, um, that one part of the manual that they hyper fixate on capacity, uh, like there's, it's, and I know we were smaller back then, but we, we were not that small, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I think that, um, some of them are different than others. So it depends on which one you're in the horseless carriages and the fire engine, which we're going to talk about next. They have pretty good, comfortable bench seating, um, that's padded. So that makes a difference, I think. Um, but the trolleys and even like, you know, it's true because they have the, in the trolleys and in the original train cars you see in Disneyland, there really is a lot less clearance for your legs. Kind of like when you're in economy seating and they're, you know, flying in a plane, it's like your knees are just right there. So, um, anyway, so they, <laughs> you're like, you're looking at me. like I know. Um, they, the other things I'd have about the omnibus I did have, I've just found one more thing was they had a second one that was built in 1957 because it was so popular. So these were, were very, very, very popular for people to go on. You can imagine like it is today. It was great with the older crowd. They can listen to the Dapper Dans as they roll down the street. And, you know, it's a it's a great way of transportation. Gets you out of the sun. A lot of them are shaded. So you can sit down. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to talk about the fire engine? Uh, I don't have much about the motorized one. Oh, I have so much. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is like this the is... gate show with you Yeah, but doing time out, things. time out, time out. <laughs> It's okay for it being your show because you this you picked the topic. You were super hyper fixated on a couple of the vehicles. I was super hyper fixated on one. The other ones I, I like, I think are cool, but I'm yeah. just I'm learning with everyone yeah. else. <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna show you a picture of the car before I talk all about it, just so you guys have something to look at. And Kirk can draw you a great picture of it too. I'm gonna put them on the desk. <laughs> This actually is uh, has Bob Ger sitting on it, which I love. He's kind of there in the gray sweater. Um, and this is engine number one. So this was Walt Disney's favorite car to drive around Disney World. He would or Disneyland. He would do it, not Disney World. He was never in Disney World. He would do this in the morning when he'd just drive down Main Street and wave to people. Walt loved this car. In fact, so much that it was actually the last picture of him in Disneyland is seated on this car so this is a picture the last picture of walt disney in disneyland in a disney park was on the fire engine so really um important vehicle in disney history and ironically you can still ride it up and down uh main street and i did recently and they gave me a sticker which was really fun so at the end, you can ring the fire bell at the back, but let's talk about the little history of it. Not little, big 
history of it. It was an important car. There you go. Here, let me get one back up so you can see it. Because that is just art. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have one from the front. <laughs> Perfect. There's so What does it say, Walt? I forget. It you want me to Walt. get the Walt one? Hang on. Hang on. If you do the Walt one, give me a second. Okay. I have to add. Can you do his last picture? Yeah. All right, better. Oh, Mickey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, all right, let's talk about this fire engine. So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit first about the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, which was um, kind of like where we get this from. Because Ward Kimball had a 1911 Maxwell Fire Chief's car, and Bob Gurr kind of found Ward Kimball via like searching for this car. So um, they, this they had this band called the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, which is a Dixieland jazz band um, that the animators, it was all made out of Disney animators that happened to play music, and they liked um, playing. They said, like, hey, let's make some music together. So they had um, the lead um, member was Ward Kimball, who was the Disney animator. And then they had Danny Alguire, Harper Goff, Clark Mallory, Monte Mountjoy, Erdman or Ed Penner, um, and Frank Thomas were kind of the original ones. Um, they were inspired to form a band after they just kind of like, they figured they all like music and they would have like a lunchtime jam session, which is kind of fun. So um, they also had, they, they came up with the name of the Firehouse 5 plus 2 <laughs> because they, um, oh gosh, where's my, my story for that? So Obviously, it came from the um, fire engine that he had. He had a 1916 American LeFranc fire engine that he restored for his horseless carriage club. So Ward Kimball had a horseless carriage club. Um, and then what they do is they like went on tour or they went on like cross-country trips. It says he had an old Model T Ford and a member of the horseless carriage club. I was put in charge of one of our cross-country trips, meaning we would drive these old cars from Los Angeles to San Diego. And each night I would have to take care of supplying the entertainment during the banquets and the rest stops for the old cars and we'd have music. We'd also stop and play for firehouses along the way between LA and San Diego. So this is a, they put out several records, um, or at least, at least one that I know of. They look like this, hanging the, in the teacups. <laughs> the firehouse five plus two. <laughs> And it was five plus two because they had five people plus two more. So that was just <laughs> how they came up with the name. <laughs> so um, that so Ward Kimball was the original one that had the fire engine and um, in his backyard that inspired the fire engine that's in Disneyland. So this is what this one, his backyard one looks like. Not Whoa. Disney, yeah, it's very similar in a lot of ways, just obviously a lot smaller and more of a bench seat. Um, than uh, or a, just a little two-seater versus a whole bench seat. So Bob Gurr saw this in his like, you know, storage area or wherever where he keeps all his cars, and he's like, "I want one of those for Disneyland." But you remember that Walt was the only one that would ever um, have. Um, he was the one that had the ideas for Disneyland, not him. So 
as um, Bob Gurr put it, he said, one day in the spring of 1958, Walt comes into my office, as he usually does, and he just sort of sits there, and I look at him, and I said, Walt, you know, there's one thing we haven't got in Disneyland. We don't have a fire engine on Main Street. And he said, yeah, we don't have a fire engine. Privately, I wanted a fire engine and knew that everybody else told me that the only thing that ever goes into Disneyland, those ideas came from Walt, and they don't come from anybody else. But I wanted a fire engine. Anyway, he goes away for a little while, accounting then phones up and says the charge number for the fire engine is this, this, and this. So I knew that Walt had gone to accounting and had decided we're going to have a fire engine. And that's the only attraction in Disneyland that's my attraction. <laughs> so that's how we ended up getting the fire engine. Um, but Walt also had a huge boyhood passion for fire trucks. And that, I think that's why we have the horse drawn one when the park first opens. Um, and he says, I remember him describing, this is Harper Goff kind of reminiscing about Walt. He said, I remember him describing what it was like to be a kid in his hometown when the fire engines came by. He said he didn't realize as a kid that the fire was causing someone to suffer. He just loved the sounds of the engines. So, of course, Walt is just like, we don't have a fire engine. He's going to make that happen. So that's how we ended up getting that. Um, they, it is a composite design based on a 1916 hose-carrying fire engine, like we pointed, but they don't have the place where the hoses would go, they replaced them with bench seating. So it could carry people instead of hoses, which is practical. <laughs> uh, the bell and the siren are authentic. Um, and let's see. Oh, and in order to the, get it to Disneyland, Bob Gurr actually drove it down the Santa Ana freeway. <laughs> which was he had to go so slow that he started a traffic jam. And when he stopped at one corner, a kid yelled out, Hey, mister, by the time you get to the fire, it'll be out. <laughs> um, of course, well, and that was, and that was my great granddad. <laughs> yeah. You were on the corner of, in LA. Um, and I think that's, that's mostly it. So, it's a it's a it important that it was Bob Gurr's like car. All these cars were pretty much designed by Bob Gurr, but this one was like Gurmobiles. his baby. His Gurmobile was, and it came out in I should have said the year in August sixteenth, nineteen fifty eight. So um, that's why they have the fire engine, and it was Walt's favorite. And everybody would see him driving around the park. Oh, and I forgot to mention the Firehouse Five type, uh, <laughs> Plus Two had two other names. And I, I just wrote these in here for you, Kirk, because I figured you, <laughs> you would enjoy these. One is the Hug-A-G-D-8. The Hug-A-G-D-8. Hug-A-G-D-8. Hug-A-G-D-8 and the San Gabriel Valley Blue Blowers, which isn't as exciting. But I was like, the Hug-A-G-D. <laughs> Hug-A-G-D-8. Where do they come up with this stuff? Nah. These kids. Spe speaking of which, um, you mentioned that you got, did you get a sticker when you did the fire engine? Mm -hmm. So after you go one way, they just could give you a sticker on the way out, which is like super fun. And you can ring the bell if you sit in the back. So for kids, that's really fun or anyone. Oh, right? I love that. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you this, and I have not really experienced it, but with my kids, we're going to try it a lot more tomorrow. Cast members carry stickers like everywhere. They do. So, yeah. and they don't to, like just give them out all the time. So if you ask, like, hey, do you have any unique stickers, like, not just, like, the Mickey ones? Like, you don't know what they have. They might have some really cool ones. Like, 
the transportation ones almost all have them. Also, transportation has like collectible trading cards. Not everyone carries them, but you can ask. And it's yeah. not something that really people talk about, but I've, I've never collected them or anything, but I, I saw some, yeah, it looks really cool. Stickers. You get stickers? Yeah. Yeah, but there's, I, my kids have like gotten all kinds of stickers from Disneyland that cast members just pull out of their pockets and stuff and hand to them. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing when one time I got a pirate Mickey at Pirates and I was like, they have pirate Mickeys? <laughs> And it was like, yeah, there's actually a lot more. There's way more. I love that. Well, um, I did find this really great picture from 1964. This just kind of like gives you an idea of how busy these vehicles were on oh, the wow. street. There's just a ton of them floating around. Yeah. Well, look at how much more room there is. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if you tried? You can't. I mean, those poor guys when they're doing the mainstream vehicles. Oh, I know. It's all they're doing is can you can you read the horn part about courtesy of the manual oh, yeah. if you have that? Yeah. So man. like one yeah. of the things that I loved about that nineteen sixty five sixty six manual was um, was they talk about how you should apply a horn while you're driving the vehicles. Now they still kind of use that, and nobody's like laying on the horn like. But I mean, there's people everywhere. Like yeah. you go zero miles per hour yeah you know and it says gentle reminders as an example a horn is a harsh sounding thing and should be gently tooted as a reminder rather than being vigorously honked expressing frustration the same principle applies to giving instructions be pleasant not harsh be pleasant in your toots (laughs) (laughs) i love too that they say that the cast members here are um they're important for not only like people coming into the park, they're like kind of like the first and last <laughs> content. They're like you contact. They see people when they come into the parks for the day and they're excited for their day and they get them when they're tired and they're leaving the park. So their job is to make sure they're like, they're almost like the last touch point for a lot of people. Yeah. They said first impression, last impression, mm-hmm. you know, which is crazy. So, I mean, not every. I mean, think about the greeters, vehicles, but... think about the greeters. Readers are, for a lot of people, is first impression, last impression, or the security. Security yeah. is first impression, last impression, or parking yeah. attendance. Some other things from this. Yeah, that was the loop. Mm-hmm. The signs with the 10 cents on them, or the A ticket. A mm-hmm. coupon. I never realized you were so so into the Surreys. I, I no didn't idea. either till I researched. Well, I've never been on one, and I may yeah. never get to ride on one, you know, mm-hmm. but it's extinct now. Yeah makes me sad i didn't know we I was can go we can go ride surreys on the boardwalk we'll go rent one and just ride a surrey oh my gosh can you imagine the chaos <laughs> i've watched people go down the hill by um like the international gateway like when you go around like going towards beach club and it was horribly not in control it was like get out of the way like you should honk vigorously no tooting gently because they, like, they were mowing people over. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel like it would be really fun if you and I did a day where th- of things that, like, we haven't done in Disney yet. Mm. Like, you haven't done Main Street Vehicles. Yeah. Surrey, I don't know if either of us have done that. He, Lem is saying uh, he suggests Saratoga Springs for a Surrey versus the Boardwalk. Boardwalk has that massive hill. And Saratoga yeah. Springs is a really, really pretty, and it's... It's a big resort. I haven't been there, so that would be another. Oh, thing. that would be a double. 
be a double. You'd get fringe, and you'd be on the fringe of the resort. <laughs> on the fringe, <laughs> literally on the fringe with Saratoga. <laughs> if you get yeah, it is. Resort. It is. <laughs> oh, <poor. laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I didn't mean clearly, <laughs> clearly, we're not on Mom Street. This is clearly Distry, where you can just let your opinions <laughs> go about. Oh god. I like Saratoga. I think Saratoga's nice. I mean, I'm. It's been just there, really so far. Judge, it's really. it's so far just out. Saying. That's it. <laughs> um, I don't. I this. I think to round this out here, I don't, I do have this really great concept art with the trolley car. And oh, that's cool. Of Main Street. When, so this was actually in, they had a Disneyland like map and guide that opened before Disneyland opened and they didn't have photos yet. So they just kind of like drew some pictures and it still doesn't really look like Main Street except for maybe the train station, but it's uh, a nice little thing and then um there was another car i was going to mention that in walt disney world the three opening day vehicle options were the horse-drawn streetcar which is the trolley um the horseless carriage the jitney and the omnibus and then later they added the fire engine it was not an opening day 1971 attraction so just to mention but they're pretty much just copies of the disneyland ones um sorry disney world Disneyland what adventures. what are we not a copy of? What are we really doing over here? <laughs> I guess Epcot's not a copy. So well, but it came from ideas that came from Disneyland. So I don't know. Mm. Um, the also there was a there is a touring car that got added at some point that was designed after a 1912 touring car that they kind of used in like Year of Dreams and stuff. But it seems like I think it's a more modern one. I didn't see it in in Disney history. I have to just still go look up when it came into being but that is a car that's around and i found one that i didn't actually have time to research because i found into it found it so late have you seen this um hold on i have to find it there's one that's in disney world there was a couple cars that were just parked on the street in disneyland that didn't actually do anything like this like this like wagon that was parked there that nobody rode in that it was just there yeah yeah so they had a couple of those, kind of like the Carnation one. Um, oh, here. Have you ever seen this in Disney World? Mm, no. It's a paddy wagon. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's a police mobile. The, um, it's a distory mystery. The, the other one, although technically not a Main Street vehicle, but it is a vehicle, is... Uh, I forget what they call it. It's not like the chairman of the parade, but you know what I'm talking about where they oh, elect the Grand somebody Marshall. Grand Marshal, the Grand yeah. Marshal car, but you can't ride in it unless you're the Grand Marshal. Yeah. And it goes a lot further than the parade. But technically, I, if you look at the that's a Gurmobile, hands yeah. down. Like this is the touring car. This is what the, it looks very fairly modern made. And I know that there's like accessible entry things underneath it and mm. stuff. So I'm pretty sure it was made probably in the last couple of decades. And then, um, yeah, the Grand Marshal vehicle. And also there was one that I've never seen on Main Street, but was in. The, remember how we talked in the parade episode about how Goofy had his like jalopy that kind of like mm -hmm. ran away from him in the parade? Yeah, that that vehicle. I'm still trying to figure out what happened to that. If they made it into something else, because usually they repurpose these things. Yeah, it it's probably has something above it or on top of it. 
Well, for a while, I thought, because it was so similar, I thought maybe it had turned into the zombie car that's in um, Halloween in Radiator Springs in, like, fall time. But it's way too big for that. So I think okay. they just... I think they just made that separately, hmm. um, but I'm I, I'm I'm still figuring it out as we go, still learning. So I don't know. I'm not sure where that car ended up. It could just be in storage. It could have just been sold. You know, it could be a lot of places. So we'll see um, if that ever comes back. So that I think wraps up our ep- this episode of Distory. Thank you all for hanging out with us and learning about Main Street vehicles and also just. <laughs> The Firehouse 5 plus 2 plus 3 plus 2 plus 4. It's <laughs> a lot of people who are that's now a, singing. It's a, a lot of people. And I also do have my book that's coming out in a couple of weeks that is a mixture of Disney history and inspiration that is called A Glimpse of the Magic, Finding Yourself in the Disney Story. So if you love to read about Disney history or just really want some Disney encouragement as a Disney fan, look for that. It will be on Amazon and a whole bunch of other places where books are sold. So um, it's going to come up pretty soon here. I don't have an exact release date, but it'll be right around Christmas. So keep an eye out for that. As somebody who has finished three quarters of it, admittedly, uh, it is such a delightful, refreshing take on history coupled with, I feel like, like, I, I like the inspiration, but I feel like it's, I don't know, it's something that we all needed to hear. If you're a Disney, if you're a Disney fan, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's Thank like these things that. that get unspoken. So. Um, I, <laughs> I love what I can like... see. They, yeah, they don't <laughs> normally show up, so it's nice when you can see them. Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for being an early reader, Kirk. I appreciate you and Jackie both. Um, we're, we're reading in advance, and I really appreciate your input um, and uh, just making sure just tying up all the loose ends and making sure everything is uh, as it needs to be before it goes out to everybody else. So thank you. And also for your input about cover art and things like that. Just always appreciate you as a creator to bounce things off of. So Well, it's the gross water. I think you need more gross water because then you'll sell more. <laughs> it will sell more. <laughs> yeah. It's the gross water that will do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make it controversial. It will really sell. No. It's not a controversial book. I purposely kept it not controversial so that it will just... Somebody called me the the Mr. Rogers of Disney history. and That's I... a really nice compliment. Yeah. I, I, did I liked you, Were you it. okay with that? Okay. Yeah, I was good with that. I thought that was very sweet. So... Um... Don't, you, don't you also think, like, melodically, too? Like, your tonality is very... Like, it's just... It's soothing it's, sometimes. It's soothing. Riled up comfort unless I mention Michael Eisner then it's scathing and visceral and like all things that you don't want to see yeah happens yeah yeah well thank you I never thought of my voice as something special so appreciate that you learn new things about yourself I guess in the creation process so appreciate mm-hmm. that. well let's wrap it up um it's getting late for you I know so Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Distory. We will see you next week a little bit earlier, and we look forward to talking about a surprise topic because we haven't figured it out yet. So <laughs> we'll see Surprise, you we don't know. <laughs> surprise. Um, thank you so much, Kirk, for joining me. I'll be a little bit late. I appreciate you and everything that you do and our friendship, and I just really hope you have a wonderful weekend with your family, you and everybody else, and have a great night. Perfectly said. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, and... Uh, I learned a lot, and it was a lot of fun. We always have fun, if nothing else. (laughs) 
nothing else. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you next time.